Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Do you believe that we serve a God that can turn graves into gardens? Give the Lord great praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Lord, I thank you right now for the worship that we've had, for your presence that's here, for your spirit. Now, Lord, I just pray that you'll speak to us by your word. Help us, Lord God, to become the people of praise that you've called us to be. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people said, amen. 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 Hallelujah. May be seated. God bless you. I'm going to do something I've never done in 30 years of ministry as a senior pastor. And I'm going to, this morning, I'm going to preach on a song. And it's the song that we just sang, okay? And, uh, and so I want to just, uh, this song, Graves into Gardens, uh, is so full of imagery from the Bible and metaphors from the Bible. But sometimes we sing songs that we don't fully understand in church, especially if you're a new believer or, you know, new to attending church sometimes there can be a church speak if you will or a church language that a lot of people know but others coming in they're kind of like I'm uninformed what does this mean or what meaneth this kind of a thing so I just want to just this morning take this wonderful song and just kind of highlight it for instance when we're talking about things that people might not realize is uh, this morning we sang about Yahweh say it with me this morning Yahweh Yahweh by the way, you're preaching back good right from the get-go. I like that. Hallelujah. Yahweh is the Hebrew name of God in the Bible, and it means Almighty God, or it means Lord, all right? So when we're singing Yahweh, it just means Almighty God or Lord. We mostly translate it Lord. It's spelled with four characters, Y-H-W-H. This is called a tetragram. You can check it out. In theology, it would be called a tetragram. Tetra means four, four letters, and gram, uh, tetra means four, and the gram means letters, so four letters that form the name of God. They just had four letters in the Old Testament that, that made up the name of God. The name um, Yahweh was so sacred to the Jews that they wouldn't even speak it. They thought it was too holy, too um, uh, um, special to even speak, so they just spelled it out. And so uh, 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 it's spelled, but we, we've interpreted it as Yahweh, all right? So we just sang uh, a song that had Yahweh in it earlier this morning, and lots of times I'll be thinking, does anybody know what Yahweh, I know two-thirds of our church know what that means, but it just means it's the Hebrew name or the Old Testament name for God in the, in the Bible. It just means the Lord our God or Almighty God, and we usually say Lord, all right? Now, and another word is Jehovah. All right, say it with me this morning, Jehovah. Jehovah is the same word, Yahweh, but it's been Latinized or it's been put into a more English form. Back in the King James day when they started the King James Bible, back, to, back when King James opened it up in 1611, how many of you know that was a little bit before you were born, right? So 1611, they translated this in more of a Roman way or then an English way, and they used the word Jehovah instead of Yahweh. So when you're saying Jehovah or you're saying Yahweh, you're saying the same thing. You're, say, you're, you're still saying the Lord God Almighty. 
Now, you might ask yourself the question, I'm just giving an example of things that we say in church that not everybody understands. So you might ask yourself, well, what difference does it make? How is this going to get through the week? Well, the greater you understand God, the more you understand his character and you understand how he's working in your life. So when we say Jehovah, that's the Lord God, but when we add his characteristics on, he has about eight compound names that we use sometimes, and I'll just give you a few of them here this morning. Jehovah Jireh, say it with me this morning, Jehovah Jireh. And that word means that the Lord will provide. How many are glad this morning that God is providing for you, amen? Or as a new worship song says this, a new worship song says, Jireh, well, what does that mean to the man on the street? doesn't know what it means, but Jireh means that uh, God is enough for us. In other words, God is our provider. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, his provision shall be seen in my life. Or as the lyrics of that song, Jireh, say, I will be content in every circumstance. Jireh, you are enough. So it goes, I will be content in every circumstance. Jireh, you are enough. So that's how the chorus goes on that. But we're talking about Jireh. What is Jireh? God, our provider. And then, so just let me just talk about Jehovah Jireh for just a little bit more. Um, when Abraham, back in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 22, Abraham was commanded by God. He was testing his obedience, and he said, Abraham, I want you to take your son, Isaac, up to a mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him there. How many you know that that's, you only got one son, and you're going to sacrifice him? God, what kind of a request is this? But he was testing his obedience. So he takes his son, and they start going up the grade of the mountain. It was Mount Moriah. And by the way, Mount Moriah is where the Temple Mount is at in Jerusalem, where the temple was built. The Temple Mount was built on Mount Moriah, and, and, and that's where God sent another lamb, and his name was Jesus, amen? But anyway, so he's, they're going up the mountain, and, and uh, Isaac says to his dad, I see the pile of wood for the sacrifice, but where is the lamb? He didn't realize that he was going to become the lamb. And then Abraham said to him, God will provide a lamb. And then they had a lamb in the thicket that they got, and they were able, God provided a lamb that was caught in a thicket. They took him over to the sacrifice, and God provided a lamb for them so Isaac wouldn't have to die. Abraham held his knife up, ready to go, ready to obey God, and all of a sudden the angel said, stop. Uh, I think it was the angel that said stop, but he said, stop. God said, stop. And, and then he provided a lamb. Now, here's what I want you to see. The same way that God provided a lamb for Abraham, God provided a lamb for us. It was the lamb of God for sinners slain, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? When we were lost and without hope, God provided a lamb for us. And the operative word that I'm trying to get you to this morning is this, is God provided for us. He provided for Abraham. He provided for Isaac. He provided for Jacob. And God is a still a God. He provided Jesus so that we might have salvation. Hallelujah. God is a provider, and he's providing for us. So when we say Jehovah Jireh, it's the Lord will provide. If you're glad that God's a providing God, give the Lord God a great hand clap. Would you, amen? I know that I am, and I know that you are. And then, for instance, we have Jehovah. These are compound names of God. Jehovah, which is God Almighty. Shalom is Jehovah, our peace, or the Lord, our peace. So say it with me this morning, shalom. When you go to Israel someday, you'll be greeted, and they'll say to you as a blessing, shalom. May the Lord bless you with peace. In other words, shalom. So uh, turn to your neighbor right now and just say, shalom. shalom. All right. And if they say back to you, Shabbat, 
That just means it's the Sabbath. Okay, that's the Sabbath. All right, they didn't say be quiet. They said, no, okay, it's the Sabbath. Okay, all right, I'm messing with you here this morning. What, what I'm trying to say is what difference does it make? Well, you'd have Jehovah Rapha, too, is the Lord, our healer. So in all these names of God, when you understand them, you understand that God is our provider, God is our peace, and God is our healer. There's also about five more names of God uh, that reveal his character. In fact, I was just looking, just last week I was studying, and I've, there was one website that said 950 names of God. The Jews have seven names for God, but they talked about the characteristic of God from Genesis to Revelation. There is a site, a Christian site, that has 950 different names for God about his character. How many know that we serve a big God? Amen? All right. So today, I want to talk about a song that we just sang called Graves into Gardens. And because it has a lot of meaning, uh, a, a lot of, uh, uh, that you might have been missing, a lot of... Um, metaphors, uh, a lot of imagery from the Bible that you might have been missing. So let me just talk about this song for just a moment, all right? Graves into Gardens was written by um, Elevate Worship by about four writers, including the pastor of the church out there in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it was released in May of 2020, May 1st, 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so this song came out right while we were still sheltering in and everything, uh, no vaccination, nothing. It was like, what is going to happen? We were living week to week. You know, you're, well, we're only going to do this for a month, but then it turned out to be two months and three months, and then we finally came back to church after 11 months. But it gave people a lot of hope, all right, and, and, and it, because it was based on scriptures from the Bible. So I want to just look at this song. It's the first time I've ever done anything like this, but I just felt moved because this will inform how you look at things in church too, how you look at the word of God, in other words, examining it and examining the worship songs that you sing. Sometimes you'll sing worship songs and you don't even realize what you're saying. But if you'll take time to kind of dig into it, you know, uh, you'll, you'll find out that that song's gonna be much more rich and much more powerful. Now, on the onset of this, sharing this song here this morning, I wanna say this, that although I'm highlighting a worship song today, the song is secondary to Scripture because we would have no song if we didn't have Scripture in the first place. Hearing what I'm saying? The song doesn't trump the Scripture. The Scripture trumps the song. Sorry that I used the word trump. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> A little political humor there. Um, what I'm saying is this. Scripture has primacy over anything that follows it. You can write a song you know, without scripture, but you can't write this song without scripture because it's based on scripture. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So the scripture is what we want to see this morning. Now, let's look at the lyrics of the song. First of all, it says this, I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Man, isn't that the truth today? I've searched the whole world, but it couldn't fill me. How do you know that so much in the world is just a dead end? And so much in the world is so meaningless and it doesn't really bring you fulfillment. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. And honestly, you can have possessions in this world, 
You can know people in this world. You can go places in this world, but they're never going to ultimately make you happy. Many times it just becomes like chasing the wind. I thought that would make me happy, but it didn't ultimately make me happy. How many of you have had that kind of a thing happen to you? You know what I'm saying? I thought this would satisfy me. I thought that that would satisfy me, but it didn't satisfy me. You know, years ago, and some of you are too young to even know this, but that's to your credit because you're just too young to get to know this, but... Years ago, when we were in the, starting in the communication thing, first of all, we didn't have cell phones. Then we finally did get cell phones, but then we had these little flip phones that came out. And, that, and, and, and Nikoya, or what's a, what was that brand? Nokia, Nokia? Where in the world did they go? I don't know where they're at anymore, but I don't see much of them. But that was the big rage back then. But you would have a phone and a pager on your belt. And all the kids, and man, you were cool if you had the pager. I just got notified. I just got a page, you know. I don't have a pager. I can't afford one. But, but did you see, he just got notified. And then, then you'd have codes on the page. Usually it was the phone number that you're supposed to call with your phone because the phone could not receive text messages. That was the second thing. You had the pager, and then the pager would make you use your flip phone, and then you'd call. But usually they'd send you, if they wanted you to call, they would send a, like a, a number like 911, which means call right now. And that meant that your wife had a grocery list that she wanted you to pick up on the way home, something really important. Well, you went from pagers and phones, uh, flip phones, to more advanced things. I remember when the first iPhone came out, it was really the first um, smartphone that we know of, iPhone number one, quickly followed by iPhone number two, and then three, four, five, six. And then six, it went from a six to a 6S because we're not quite ready to release the 7, but we want to still make money, so we're going to call it an S, add a couple of features, and then you'll buy it, and then be disappointed that you didn't get the 7 uh, just a few months later, and then the 8 and whatever, the 8S and the 9 and so on and so forth. And I can just say here this morning that I just got to tell you, my life was just blessed last year, and I was able to get an iPhone 12. Oh, my goodness. I, and I thought, once I get the iPhone 12, I will have arrived, I will be complete, life will have meaning, and I, I won't need another thing in my life as long as I got the iPhone 12 with the three built-in cameras and the wide-angle lens and all of that. Only for the iPhone 13 to come out. And now I'm already backdated already. In other words, it's so much in life is just chasing the wind. And young people, be glad you don't know much about it right now, about chasing the wind, but someday you will. Because when you get to be around 50, 60 years old, you'll realize that a lot of time in our lives was spent just chasing the wind, something that we were just needing to have, and it didn't fulfill you at all. In fact, uh, King Solomon, who is David's son, David's son Solomon, he became king and the wisest man in the world. He lives his life. He has everything that you could possibly ever want in things and people and everything else and power and all of that. But he says this, I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. So we go back to the lyrics. I searched the world, but I, it couldn't fill me. Man's empty uh, praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Do you know what? It isn't, it isn't enough. I'll tell you, the only one that's enough is Jesus. He's enough. Can I get a witness? Only Jesus can fill an empty soul. He's the only one that can do it, can fill your hungry soul. Then it says this, then you came along, and it's talking about Jesus. Then you came along and put me back together. How many glad that God has put you back together? 
And how many of you say he's not only he he's still putting me back together? Amen. It's not that it's a completed task. But God has begun a good work in you, and he's going to see it through to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He's begun a good work in you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can just turn to your neighbor. You don't have to do this right now, but you can just turn to your neighbor and say, you know, you might like me now, but you're going to like me better tomorrow because God's still working on me today. Amen? I mean, I'm, I'm headed in the right direction. If you don't like me tomorrow, check in with me Wednesday. I think it's going to be better. Hallelujah. Right? You came along and you put me back together and every desire now, everything I need, we're back at the song right now, is now finished here in your love. So only Jesus can satisfy your soul. In fact, the Bible says this in Colossians chapter 2, for in him, in Christ, dwells all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. What is the Godhead? Jesus, uh, the Godhead is God the Father, the Holy Spirit, and then Jesus the Son, three in one. It's all three. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All three of them dwells bodily in Christ Jesus. And then it says this, and you are complete in him. Say it with me here this morning. You are complete. It's not, say it real loud, I am complete in Christ. You're not complete by the, um, by the model of cell phone or Android that you have. You're not complete whether you have a PS4 or whatever it might be. It, you're not complete whether you have a BMW or a Lexus or whatever it might be. That doesn't complete you. Christ is the one that complete, completes you. He's the one that completes you. Hallelujah. Praise God. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him. That's the bottom line. Then, then he goes on to praise in this song, Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you, Lord. There's nothing, there's nothing better than you. How many of you feel that way about God? Amen. Hallelujah. The more time you spend with God, the more you're going to realize there is nothing better than God in your life. God, there's nothing better than you. All the things of this world disappoint ultimately. So many things in this world disappoint, but God, you never disappoint. Thank you, Lord God. There is nothing better than you. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you'll never catch up with God, everybody. As deep as you are, God is deeper still. As deep as you go, God says, man, you're that deep, but I can take you deeper yet. In other words, you're never going to run out of ram space. You're never going to run out of gig space with God because he's got more. Amen? I've never said it that before, boy, but you get it. As deep as you are, God is deeper still. He'll take you as far as you want to go, and you'll never tire of him in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's nothing better than you. you. And, and I could share so many scriptures about that, but just l l give me one or two here. Who is like the Lord our God? Who can be compared to him? He's seated on high. He who looks down from the heavens and on the earth. In other words, heaven is God's throne and the earth is his footstool. footstool. That's how big our God is. God is so big that he rules this mighty universe and yet he's small enough to live within our hearts and have fellowship and communion with us. You got this big God who reaches down, and the Bible says this. It goes on right there. The psalmist said this. He raises the poor from the dust, and he lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes, with the princes of his people. You might be in the dust, and you might be in an ash heap today on the inside or on the outside, but God sees, man, if God was riding a stagecoach right now, he'd be reaching down in the dirt and the rocks, pulling you up and say, guess what? You're going to be riding shotgun with me today. Right at the top of this stagecoach is you and me. And 
Come on, smile at me, everybody. I'm trying to use a metaphor right here. But he picks us up out of the dust, out of the ash heap, and he says, I'm going to seat you with princes, the princes of my people. Hallelujah. Praise God. Give the Lord a great hand clap for that. Hallelujah. Woo-woo. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, then he goes on the next verse here. The, the writers go, I'm not afraid to show you my weakness. My failures and flaws, Lord, you've seen them all, and you still call me friend. Isn't it a cool thing that even though we have flaws and failures, weaknesses, God still calls us friend? Do you know what? The way we live our lives and the way we trip it up sometimes, you'd think that God would just be done with us. And in fact, I've even had conversations with God say, God, you know, the Bible says this, if it wasn't for the Lord's mercies, we'd have been consumed a long time ago. But great is his faithfulness and his mercies are new every morning. But you know there are times in your life that you've lived your life enough like a devil that if God kind of decided to toast you that day, he'd had every right. And I'll tell you what, I've had prayers like that with the Lord God. I didn't get what was coming to me because what was coming to me should have been judgment and destruction, but you gave me mercy and grace instead. I don't know how that happened, but if, if, you, if it was up to you, you know, you, I'd have been consumed a long time ago, but great is your faithfulness and his mercies are new every morning. We don't deserve what we get. God gives us something better because it's called unmerited favor and compassion and grace. Can I get a witness? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was just thinking about, for those of you that are raising kids, you know, sometimes those kids get out of order, whatever, and you say, we're going to have a little talk with Jesus today. And, 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 and they're getting what's coming to them, right? And usually we don't because parents are such poor disciplinarians these days, you know. You should have seen me, man, when I was, I mean, I had an appointment with my dad when I was a kid, you know, they don't, they don't do it the same way anymore. They, when, I, when I got out of order, it was back in the day when they didn't have the new teaching, the new truth. I got the Board of Education uh, <laughs> applied to the seed of knowledge, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and that happened, and, but it all worked out. But what I'm saying is if we got what we deserved, many of us would have been consumed, and yet... He calls us friend. In the middle of all of our failures and flaws, he calls us friend. I was thinking in the Bible, so many ways to go here, but the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. It says in Exodus, when he'd go up to Mount Sinai, God would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Listen, everybody here this morning. Religion isn't about rules. Religion is about relationship. It's a relationship with God the Father. It's a relationship with Jesus the Son. It's a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's about relationship. And God wants to call us friends. Hallelujah. That's why we have songs that go like this. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Hallelujah. I don't know how that happened, but man, I am a friend of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, and, and we're friends of Jesus as well. We used, to sing in, in, uh, we used to sing a song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. Remember that old one? And then we used to sing a song when I was a kid. You won't remember this one, but it, was, it goes, Friendship with Jesus, Fellowship Divine. Oh, what blessed sweet communion. Jesus is a friend of mine. Hallelujah. Man, talk about being friends with God, being friends with Jesus, being friends with the Holy Spirit. 
What a life we get to live. Hallelujah. I'm not afraid, Lord, to show you my weaknesses and my failures because we know why aren't we afraid. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might find mercy, grace, and help in the time of need. God says this. I've been tempted just like you, yet without sin. He says, I know what you're going through, so when you come to me, you're not going to be telling me any secrets. I already know what you've been through, and I can help you because I've, done, I've gone down the same path as you've gone down, yet without sin, and I'm able to deliver you from the sin that you're, getting, that you're coming out of you hearing what I'm saying he understands what we're going through that's why he doesn't call us failures everyone he calls us friends that's the kind of friend we have in Jesus the kind of friend we have in God hallelujah now you got to realize this again Moses had a lot of weaknesses failures and flaws he stuttered he made mistakes so do we but the Lord would still speak to him as a friend and I want to just tell you this morning One of the greatest accusations that the devil comes against you with, the devil, by the way, is the accuser of the brethren. He's always whispering in your ear, saying, you're not enough, you don't measure up, you've blown it, you've gone too far this time, but I'm telling you what, we serve a God of mercy and love, and with one swipe of his hand, swipes out the devil and all of his demons and says, come to me. And he says, turn from your sin, and I'm going to abundantly pardon and have mercy on you. Woo! That's the God we serve. Hallelujah. So in other words, what I'm saying is we have a comfort level to be able to come to God with all of our weaknesses and flaws because he understands us and he still calls us friends. I spent too much time on that that this morning, but some of you just need to know here that God loves you. He knows you. The one who knows you best loves you the most. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I was at, uh, this has nothing to do with my sermon, nothing, nothing. Just stop it, press the pause button right now. I was in um, Home Depot yesterday. I needed two fluorescent light bulbs. They're called T12s. It's a certain size of the diameter. So I needed two two of them for my kitchen. So I was in there, and I went in from the uh, uh, car. It was at night. It was about, it was all dark out. It was around 7.30 or 8 at night. I just drove over there. And then I, and I needed two, and I got them. I found them. And then I went to the checkout, and at Home Depot, I thought I'd be able to pull my phone out and just pay wirelessly, but I left my credit card uh, way out in the car, uh, you know, way da- out yonder. And then a guy, uh, a guy walks up to me with a mask on, and is from our church. And he goes, Pastor Perry, is that you? He goes, yeah. And I said, hey, who is that? And then he told me, and, and, and his name was Ron, and I said to Ron, and he said, I got it covered for you right now. And he said, he was right next to me in the self-checkout at Home Depot, and he took my two bulbs, it was around 20 bucks, and he just paid them just like that. That's the kind of church we are here in right now. I just love that. And, and uh, so I wanted to thank you, Ron, and, and just uh, for just being so, you just made my day, and uh, uh, thank you very much. And I'll figure out how to work that into another message, just not this one. I was just remembering. Oh, no, I remembered what I need to tell you, too. Totally unrelated to this message. has nothing to do with it. Is at Home Depot yesterday, I, you know, I grew up mowing lawns. Danny, you grew up mowing lawns, you know, the gas lawnmowers. Now when I went, I always look at the mowers. I just walk by them because I'm a hardware guy. I just like those, I like to look at them, the Toros and what. They're not Toros anymore. They're not lawn boys anymore. They're DeWalt and they're Makita, and they're uh, some other battery thing. 
The whole row is, I'm telling you, you better check it out because it's true. Two-thirds of the whole row is all electric mowers. The world is changing, everyone. Um, California wants you to be safe from your gas lawnmower. They're actually outlawing them within about five years, something like that. So anyway, I really feel at a loss to say, I have no explanation what I just shared. I just hope that it blessed you. Okay. All right. I was just saying the world's changing. No, there's no gas lawnmowers anymore. They're all electric. Good grief. All right. It's, and it's good. They're better. They're better. But I just, you know, I just, it's changing, right? Okay. Now, let's get back. How many of you are a friend of God? Glad that he speaks to you. Let's go to the next thing. Because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. In other words, the God of the good times is also the God of the bad times. The God who is up there at Mount Sinai, the God who is there at Mount Moriah is the same God that's going to be with you in the valley where David was at. He says, he says he restores my soul in the middle of that valley. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil for God is with me. So because the God of the mountain is the God of the valley, there's not a place your mercy and grace won't find me again. And we talked about this. In other words, there's not a place wherever you're at God's mercy, which is his compassion and his grace, his unmerited favor, the unmerited favor of God, his mercy and his grace. Say it with me this morning, mercy and grace. There's not a place that it won't find you again. Praise God. You can just, be, you can just know that. If you're in a spot today, everyone, I want to just tell you right now, get ready. If you'll humble yourself before the Lord, his mercy and grace is going to find you. Hallelujah. His, his mercy and grace. And that's why he says, you turn my mourning to dancing, you give beauty for ashes, you, give shame for, you turn shame into glory, you're the only one who can. And this was all from, everyone, the babies are saying, I want food right now, I just want to go food, and I love those babies. You can hear them, they're praising God right now. I just love, thanks mom, I love you mom. And I, I mean, I slept on my mom's knee all to, I just love these moms. Give the moms a great hand, would you, right now? Remember how hard that was? <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, I spent the best years of my life sleeping on the front pew on my mom's knee, you know, while my dad preached. Um, but I, I was right there in church. All right, now hold. Where are we at? Um, so... Uh, you f um, morning to dancing, beauty for ashes and all of that. This comes from all these nice pictures that we have, especially in the Psalms and in Isaiah. But the psalmist said this, you have turned my morning into dancing. I used to think the morning was like morning and I didn't get it. I was about maybe 35 when I figured that out. It was M-O-U-R-N is morning like morning into dancing, then I got it. You have put off my sackcloth. Sackcloth is something you put on when you, were, when you were fasting before the Lord and lamenting before the Lord, sackcloth and ashes. And you clothed me in gladness. And I just wrote myself a note. The Lord will give you gladness for your sadness. Say it with me this morning. The Lord will give you gladness for your sadness. And Jesus even said this, and this was a messianic, messianic prophecy that Isaiah gave that Jesus quoted in the New Testament, maybe, what, 900 years later, but he said this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me, anointed me to preach good tidings. Say it with me this morning, good tidings. The gospel is full of what? Good news. Good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prison to those who are bound. 
That's deliverance to console those who mourn in Zion. Zion has to do with Jerusalem, the holy city, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Hallelujah. There's a great exchange that takes place when you know God. You come as you are, but he's going to turn it around into something even better. All you got to offer him is sackcloth and ashes, but God says this, I'm going to put a garment of praise on you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. How many of you say in your life there's been a great exchange? We were once were blind, but now we see. We once were sick, and now we are healed. We once were bound, but now we are delivered. There's a great exchange. When you know God, all things are possible with God. We serve a great God, and he turns everything. He's the turnaround God in our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what we pray. What do we pray when we're in a bond, when we're in a spot? We say, God, I need you to turn it around. He's the one that can turn things around in our lives. How many believe that that's true? Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. Now, here's the part of the song that is perhaps the hardest to understand. And um, where are we at right now for time? 1222. Okay. I can do this. We'll keep on. We'll, we'll finish this message, all right? Praise God. If we got... Time for Disney Plus, we got time for God. Can I get a witness amen? <clears throat> I don't hear any parents at home apologizing for Netflix. Oh, children, we can't watch this for more than an hour. Even if the movie's not done, we're going to just shut it down. Now we go for six hours. So this is God we're talking about. I got all day. <laughs> now I am messing with you. Okay, okay now... This is the more hard part of the song to understand, especially if you're not from church world. If you, if you come in here and you're uninformed, you go like, what does that mean? You can even be in church and not get these lyrics. That's why I did this message, because I wasn't getting them, but I go, I know they're there for a reason. I'm going to dig and find out what it is. It's, the advantages that we have today as believers are far surpass any other generation that we've had. Because you can go to, we used to have to go to Strong's Concordance and dig through all the pages and hope that you'd find it. But now all you've got to go is to a search engine, and you can find it on most everything you need to know on a computer. You can have your uh, understanding amplified or hearing what I'm saying. But it says this, you turn graves into gardens, you turn bones into armies, you turn seas into highways, you can... You're the only one that can. Let's just take them one by one, then we're going to go home, all right? First of all, you turn graves into gardens. Say it with me, you turn graves into gardens. A grave represents death, but a garden represents life. So this means that God can take something that was dead and bring it back to life just as he did with the prophet Elisha's bones. He can use even what was dead for the good of someone else. He can do that. If you remember, there's two prophets in the Bible. There's many prophets in the Bible, but these two called Elijah and Elisha. It took me until I was about 37 to figure this one out. I always thought they were the same person, Elijah and Elisha. And if you're new to the Scripture, you're like, well, I thought I just read that. Is that a misprint there? No. Elijah, say it with me, Elijah was the prophet of God who was followed by Elisha. And so Elijah, when he's getting, Elijah has a very anointed ministry of God, very anointed. In fact, when he was getting to the end of his ministry, he came to the Jordan River, not the Red Sea, but the Jordan River, struck the waters of the Jordan River, and it just parted, and he and Elisha went across, and then they, he, he says to Elisha, now this is Elijah talking to Elisha, he says, I'm getting ready to finish my race here, I'm getting ready to go where I'm going to get ready to go, but he says, now you're going to be the next prophet, and 
he says, there's going to be a mantle that comes down on you. And, he's, and, and he, he, says, he, sa- he says, in other words, you're going to be the next prophet of God. He says, he says but he, he says, I don't just want to have an anointing because he was anointed. Uh, let me get this. Elijah was anointed, but Elisha said, I want to have a double anointing. I want to have a double anointing because he asked for it. He just asked for it. Elijah said, okay. You ask for it, and let's see what happens. And so they get ready to take off. In fact, uh, uh, let me read it out of Scripture right here. He says, when they had crossed the Jordan, Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what shall I do for you before I'm taken from you? Elijah saying, I'm being taken from you. And Elijah said, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. So then you'll know what happened here is Elijah was taken up into heaven in a chariot of fire. So you got Enoch, Enoch was translated, but Elijah, Elijah, uh, Elijah was taken up in a chariot of fire. I mean, that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. I, I can't remember the song. Remember, you know, the, the, watch the movie, Chariots of Fire. But anyway, that's, that's what it was, Chariots of Fire. And then when he's going off in the chariot of fire, all of a sudden the mantle, this mantle, this cloak or whatever they call it, falls off out of the chariot, onto the ground, if this was going to happen, you ask for the double anointing, he already had the anointing on him, but he said, I want a double anointing, he picks it up, now he has the double anointing on him, God gave him what he asked for, which just says to me, that if you are wanting more anointing than you have, you just ask God for it, at least ask God for it, you can say, God, I don't feel as anointed as I'd like to be, would you give me more of your anointing, I think if we ask, we can get what we ask for, just more of you, Lord God. So Elisha then gets this double anointing from him, and then he begins his ministry, and it goes on for years and years and years. And if you look at all of the miracles that took place under Elisha, it was almost like they were doubling up on all the things that happened. He, he truly had a double portion anointing on his life, all right? So Elisha now, not Elijah. Elijah took the chariot of fire. Now Elisha's the new prophet. He gets to the end of his run, and now he's getting ready to die of the disease that would cause him to die. Just read it in your Bible, it's there. He got old enough, and the, he, he got a disease that this is the disease that you're going to die of. But he was, ready to, he was ready to finish. And so he did die, and they buried him, and they put him in a, a, a tomb. Elisha had his own tomb, and then years went by, and then all that was left in the tomb was his bones. Okay, years went by, and watch this. We'll read it. You're going you're to love this. Elisha died and was buried. Now, Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. So you got the tomb in that, in that uh, uh, cemetery, and the tomb is there, and Elijah's bones are there, but they have Moabite raiders that would come in every spring and just cause trouble. And once, while some Israelites were trying to bury a man, there was another man that died, and he was just brought to the cemetery to bury him. But then the raiders came, and suddenly they saw the band of raiders, so they threw the man's body into Elisha's tombs. They said, the raiders are coming, let's get out of here. They, they hadn't finished burying the man. They threw him into his tomb, into Elisha's tomb. And the minute the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came back to life and stood up on his feet. There was so much of the double portion anointing left that even in Elisha's bones after he was dead and gone, there was the power of God there. The guy gets thrown into the grave, and all of a sudden he pops to life. How many know that that'll get your attention? <laughs> How many of you want to try that? I know, you're not many takers on that. But here's what we're saying this morning. God can take something that was dead and use it to bring life back 
to someone else, just as he did with the prophet Elijah's, Elisha's bones. So that's where we get turning the graves into gardens. What was dead, God, God used to bring life to somebody else. All of God's people said amen. amen. Okay. Now, here's the next one, and I won't take as much time on these. You turn bones into armies, and this has to do, uh, the bones into armies, most of you would get this one because this has to do with the valley of dry bones that Ezekiel the prophet was talking about. He had a vision of a valley of dry bones, and those dry bones represented Israel. Israel had lost its way, didn't even have a home country anymore, dispersed all over the place. They were, as figuratively speaking, in a metaphor, they were like bones spread out all over in a valley. It's like no place to call home, and yet God gave a vision to the prophet Ezekiel, and, and you can pick it up in Ezekiel 37. One is a great story, but we'll just touch on a piece of it. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. How many of you know that we need to be in the Spirit of the Lord? And he set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. This is a vision that he's having right now. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. In other words, they were very dead. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I said, Sovereign Lord, you know. God, I don't know if they'll live, but you know, because you're sovereign Lord. Sovereign Lord, you know. Then he, you'll read on, but he says, So I prophesied as he commanded me. He said, He commanded him to speak life to those bones. And the bones began to rattle, and sinew began to come back on the bones, and skin became, and it raised up an army. He says, So I prophesied as, the, as Ezekiel commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life, and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. Give the Lord a great hand clap for praise. Hallelujah. What are we trying to say here this morning? God can even turn bones into armies because of his mighty power. That's impossible to see all of those dead bones come back to life, but nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. And then he says this, you turn seas into highways. Say it with me this morning, you turn seas into highways. This refers to when Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt a place a place of death, that was the place of death, to the promised land, a place of life, by way of the Red Sea crossing. So we're not talking about the Jordan that Elijah and Elisha crossed over. We're talking about the Red Sea now. And, and God opened up the Red Sea. You have death on one side, life on the other side, death in Egypt, life in the promised land, in Canaan land. And God says, as you, they said, we can't get there. And the enemy's right up our back. But he said, you know what? God parted the waters, put them up in columns on the right and left, and he turned a sea into a highway. So they went over on a four-lane highway all the way to the other side. God turned the Red Sea into the highway. Watch this right now, everyone. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw that the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, watch this now, everyone. When the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, how many you know God still has a mighty hand? And God's going to let his mighty hand be displayed on your behalf. Not because you are his people and the sheep of his pastures. Not just for Israel. It's for all of us. God has a mighty hand and he will display it on your behalf. And he says, the people feared the Lord and they put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So here's what I want you to see this morning. Just as the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, he will save you from the hands and the plans of the enemies. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Will you do that right now? Hallelujah. And then the last thing here, and this is really short, you're the only one who can. God's the only one who can. You're the only one who can. We sing it. You're the only one who can. What it ever, you're the only one who can. In other words, here's what God, Jeremiah had to say about God, and God said this to Jeremiah. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Another translation. Is there anything too difficult for me? Hallelujah. And the answer is no, there's nothing too difficult for God. Even when God appeared through, uh, spoke to, the, to Mary through an angel. An angel came to Mary and says, you're going to carry the Christ child. And she goes, man, how can this be since I've never been with a man? And, and the angel said, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And I want you to just know that this morning and to be able to leave this place knowing whatever kind of enemy we're running into this, God can still seem to take what seems to be a death sentence and turn it into a life thing. Can, you, can I get a witness over? He can take you from that grave into a garden in the name of Jesus because with God, nothing is impossible. If you believe that, say aloud, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll be done now in two minutes, and then we're going to sing this song one more time, and then we're going to go home, all right? So a lot of things in the world are going sideways these days, have you noticed? A lot of things in this world are going sideways these, these days. We're living in a pandemic, and congratulations, everybody. You're on a month about month 19 right now, and you're still here. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. Hallelujah. We're living in a pandemic. Uh, the world is sideways. We're faced with sickness, disease, death. We're we're weathering inflation. We've done it before. We'll do it again. God's going to see us through. We're paying more and more at the pump and checkout lines, and we're getting less and less for our dollars. We live in uncertainty and fear. We at times become agitated and even angry. But in the midst of all of this chaos, we serve a God that loves us with an unconditional love, a God that can make a way where there seems to be no way, a God who strengthens us, a God who heals, a God who delivers, a God who cares, a God who intervenes, a God who provides, a God who takes us from death to life, from the garden to, from the grave to the garden and a God with whom nothing is impossible. Let's give the Lord God a great hand clap this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. So God will turn your graves, that dead thing in your life, God will turn your graves into a garden, a life-giving garden in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your word right now. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts. Thanking, Lord, Lord God, to even helping us to understand just how to search deeper in the things that we hear, things that we don't understand. They're within our grasp if we'll just kind of look a little bit deeper. And then, Lord, once we look deeper, it, 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 the, the truth becomes even that much more rich, becomes richer. And so we just thank you. So I just pray a blessing over every single person right now. Lord, as we end this service, we're going to end it just worshiping you for who you are and how you're working in our lives, how you are turning uh, graves into gardens and we give you praise and all of God's people said amen yeah. amen let's sing this song really strong and then I'm going to bless you and we'll all go out but let's sing it to the Lord right now hallelujah yeah. and I search 
The treasures of faith are never enough. Then you came along. Here in your love, yeah. Lord, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. Come on, how many believe that to be true this morning? Amen.
out this morning in two services preaching because I got to preach hard this morning. But we have so much to be thankful for. So what I'm saying is I've worn out mine halfway, but I'm going to just invite you to wear yours out just a little bit more and give the Lord such a great applause, a praise, and a shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Give him another one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to sing it. Just going to the bridge or where we're going to go, but I'm feeling just the end of that song. here just in the spirit this moment you know the devil will come against you and attack you the devil will fire his you know little fiery darts at you and all of those things the devil will tell you that you are not enough when you are more than enough and I'm telling you what sometimes the devil will say no way it's not going to happen no way but when the devil says no way you say Yahweh in the name of Jesus and you hear what I'm saying when you say Yahweh we're saying Mighty God, Lord of all, hallelujah. When the devil says no way, you say Yahweh in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. But now, here's what the Holy Spirit's showing me. Some of you are in a no way situation. You're in that right now. You're standing here and you're in a no way situation. But I'm going to just ask right now, I'm going to ask you to just kind of take your hand just like this, and I want you that are in a no-way situation, and all of us here this morning, but I want you to pray in a way for somebody else, and I'm not going to have you pair up or nothing like that. Here's what I'm going to ask to say. I'm just saying, in the name of Jesus, God, you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Are you saying, in other words, we're talking about God right now turning that grave into a garden, but there's people right now, they're in the grave situation. In other words, they're saying, I feel like I'm in a no-way situation, but when we're in a no-way situation, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. So in the name of Jesus, we pray, 
God, make a way where there seems to be no way. And I want you to just right now, just kind of just do that all around you right now, just kind of to those around you. Say, God, make a way right now where there seems to be no way. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. God, make a way where there seems to be no way. In the name of Jesus. For my brother, for my sister, God, you make a way where there seems to be no way. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 How many of you received that right now? Because you just got bounced off of with a bunch of <laughs> prayers right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're in the spirit right now. And if you're not used to this, I'm not going to pressure into it, but I'm sure going to encourage you. If you've never prayed this way before, just stretch out your hand and just pray by faith and begin to prophesy over the problem. Jesus spoke to the storm and it was stilled. He spoke to the fig tree and it withered up. He spoke to the fever and it was stopped. So in other words, what comes out of our mouth by faith, but just say, God, make a way where there seems to be no way. For my brother and my sister, in the name of Jesus, do it again right now. Lord, just make a way where there seems to be no way. In the name of Jesus, I speak the power of God over you right now. I speak the power of God over you right now. How many of you receive that right now? In the name of Jesus. Lift your hands up all over this place. How many of you receive that from the Lord? Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you right now that you are making a way where there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord God. I bless you today, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to just cry out to the Lord just one more time. I know we're, we're ready to go and all that, but it just God did what he wanted to do today, and he's here right now. God, I thank you right now that you're touching your people today. I thank you for your mighty power. I thank you, Lord God, that you're a Jehovah Jireh. God, you're our provider. You're making a way and you're providing a way. God, you're our healer and you're our peace. God, I just pray right now for your power to be manifest and to be seen in the name of Jesus over all of your people today that you're going to turn even the graves in our life into gardens in the name of Jesus. What seems to be something we can't even get out of, we don't have any control of, and yet, God, you're the one that can intervene and do what no other power can do. With God, all things are possible. Say it with me this morning. With God, all things are possible. And if you believe that, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. It's all possible in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I want to thank everyone online right here at campus. Thank you for being so faithful in your giving and your tithes and your offerings and all of that. We had all kinds of repairs at the church during the last week. We were thousands of dollars, but because uh, thousands and thousands of dollars for repairs and things, just a regular upkeep. You have one air compressor. We have, I think, 25, something like that, on the roofs up here. So we have things that have to be repaired. And a door that broke down that, that had been working great, though, for 18 years. Thank God for the 18 years. And so just things like you get around yours. But because of your giving and your support, every bill's paid and every commitment is made. We were even able to bless a college this last week, uh, North Central University. I was, there to, I was there in their chapel service, and I was able to give them a um, check for scholarships for students next year for 2022. Um, uh, uh, we, we, we made 12 disciples, so we gave uh, $12,000 to the college to make to scholarship 12 different students and, and, uh, and then gave another $5,000 
uh, at their Partners for Progress banquet, which was a banquet that, uh, that they did to help support the college. And so we were part of just, I think, giving them around $17,000 last week, plus many more things that you do. But what I'm saying is, as you're faithful, God makes, you know, you're blessed to be a blessing. And, and, and so many things are being blessed all over just because of that. Then yesterday... Last Sunday, by the way, we had one of the greatest attendances last Sunday since, since Easter. We had one of the best attended Sundays last Sunday. Great attendance today. Yesterday, um, we had a men's prayer breakfast and almost had a record turnout. I think it was a, close to a record turnout, but over 170 guys at the, at the men's breakfast yesterday. Thank God for that. So all kinds... <laughs> Coming out of the pandemic, which was the grave, God has given us a garden. God is growing the garden, and you're part of that garden. We bless you. Let me speak blessing over you right now. Father in heaven, I thank you right now for being part of your church, Lord God. We are your people, the sheep of your pastor. We are your called out ones, the church. God, and I just pray right now for your blessing over your church. God, bless your people and make them a blessing. I pray, Lord God, your provision, uh, for your grace, your mercy, your health over them right now in the mighty name of Jesus and Lord your keeping power of them as well and so I just speak blessing over you right now in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone that receives that just say aloud amen amen and God bless you have a great day we love you so much thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast we pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead for more videos messages and other content make sure you follow like and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter Facebook and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless.